uh, when I said that we have 60% of the next 10 years that are retiring, we also need, if we took our entire workforce right now, we need 30% more people than we have now to do the jobs right. that we're doing. So all of a sudden you're realizing people are leaving and they have more work. There is so much opportunity for everybody. Hello, innovators. I'm Todd Wyant and welcome to the Bridging the Gap podcast. You're invited to join my mission to embrace and share the innovations transforming the AEC, MEP, and manufacturing industries. My guest today is Angie Simon, who has had an impressive career as a leader in the Bay Area construction industry. She has been with Western Allied Mechanical for over 33 years, becoming president in 2008 and recently becoming CEO. She is also the current national president for SMACNA the Sheet Metal and Air Conditioning National Association. Angie is the first woman to hold this position in their 75-year history. Angie also finds time to host the Let's Talk Shop podcast. Very excited to welcome you to the show today, Angie. Thank you, Todd, very much. I'm excited to be part of the show. So, uh, so First off, uh, congrats on all your success throughout your career. That's Thank you. quite impressive. Thank you. Oh. It's, been, it's been fun. Yeah, I can imagine. Uh, what do you think have been some contributing factors to, wow, you know, how you got to where you are? You know, I um, I went to school when I went to school at Cal Poly in San Luis Obispo. Um, I was very interested in science and math. Kind of was actually we had had an energy crisis back in the se late seventies, and went wow, I, I think uh, solar energy sounds really neat. So they had an option that was solar energy HVAC. So that's kind of why I picked it. Um, I was also willing to be a PE major or a forest ranger, but my dad convinced me to try the more technical one first, yeah. and I, I stuck with that one. <laughs> I actually was on the softball team at Cal Poly for four years as well, oh, um, nice. so that kept me very busy, the NCAA team. But part of what I think I really fell in love with and I really you know, I wanted to work for a contractor was it's really, I think it's great to be able to be involved in something that you can actually physically see built, touch and see, feel, and actually take responsibility for, and then walk by... 10 years later and say, I, I worked on that building. That's really cool. Um, I helped that company build their labs and then now, now, and now they're Gilead and they make great things to save people. You, you have with construction, you have a pulse on every little bit. I mean, you help all the different industries build their facilities. Um, and it's just it's having something real to touch has been great. So. Yeah, I imagine. So what um, would you say are like some, some big motivators throughout your career? Well, I think for me, uh, I, I came across a really good company. I, Western Ally was the second company I worked for. I worked for a year for a small company, and then I went to Western Ally was a little bit bigger. And one of the motivators there was it was a great company that had a good culture. Um, we were we really focused on teamwork, um, mm -hmm. and construction is really that as a team. I mean, to to make a good construction project, you really need to have a full team, and that team needs to be working together to make the project. Uh, be successful, be finished on time and have, and produce a good product for the owner. And so for me, the teamwork side of it comes from the sports. I'm very into sports. I still play hardball with my husband on a baseball team. And um, I mean, and we and play basketball at senior games. And so sports teamwork was really a big part of that. And I enjoyed mm -hmm. the fact that construction is very much that, that way. Um, other motivating factors. Uh, I think I just, there's not, there is no day that is the same in construction. I mean, every day, even if you've said I've done this type of project before, every project has its own excitement. Uh, there's always excitement, challenges, uniqueness, 
you know, problems, yes, but I call them challenges. Um, so, I mean, every day is different. And um, I also like the fact that I could be in the office working on things, but I can go out to my job site and take a job walk. I go to meetings. I sit, well, I used to go to meetings and sit with people and design buildings. <laughs> now I sit in my office on Zoom and design buildings. That's right. <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, I just, it, to me, it's a very dynamic industry. And um, I think construction has a lot of pluses. Mm-hmm. I'm curious uh, on the collegiate athlete side of things. So I was a, a collegiate swimmer at oh. University of South Carolina. Uh, so bringing that mindset into construction, how do you think that that gave you kind of a, a leg up? Well, I definitely was competitive. Um, as a project manager, I wanted to make money on my jobs and I wanted to be the most successful project manager if I could in the office. So that, that side helped me a little bit. Um, huge on the teamwork side. I, one of the things for me was here I am right out of school. I have a mechanical engineering degree, but I'm working in a union contracting firm and, and I have sheet metal and pipe fitters that work for me. And these guys have been mostly guys at the time, pretty much all guys. These guys had been doing what they're doing for their entire career. And they were very good at it. I mean, they knew how to hang duck work. They knew how to solve problems. They knew how to put pipe together. So mm-hmm. I kind of came to them and said, listen, I want to be part of your team. Um, and I am not the head person. I am the team. I'm a teammate. So teach me because I don't know how to hang duck work. And I don't know what you do, but tell me what you need and I'll take care of you. And then we'll make a good team. If I take care of you, then you'll take care of me by helping my job make money. And then I look better. So I think that whole athlete thing, I think um, you also probably are a little tougher at times because you're an athlete. Athlete, um, Did I have times where I got beat up a bit by a general contractor or do I, can I share stories of, of experiences on a job site where if I wasn't a little tough, I probably would have, I mean, as a girl, I might've gone away crying, you know, <laughs> but overall as an athlete, you know, I wasn't going to let that happen. I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and figure a way to make this happen and get the project done. So that, um, I do feel, particularly in the case of women, that the athletics is a, a solid. It helps them be a little bit more um, open and, and, and forthcoming with people, I think. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, that, that's really interesting. Uh, well, what are some challenges that you've faced in your career? And then, you know, how did you overcome them? Well, um, my company has been very good the whole time. But I, I certainly was when I started at Western Allied back in the late 80s. Um, I was one of the few women that were in the in the offices on as a project manager. Um, mm. There was very few women in the field, um, if if any at all. And most of those meetings, I tell you, I was going to, I was going to, to sit in meetings, design meetings. I was the only woman in the room. Um, and it really, you know what? I, honestly, I was oblivious to it. I mean, I'm a team person. I don't even notice that. But there were situations where I, I, there's a story I could tell about. I think I had been there maybe two years or a year and we were building a a eight story in San Francisco and we had our very first coordination meeting on the job site. The steel was going up. It was a very small trailer that the superintendent had and it was um, almost all steel workers that were in the trailer for the coordination. But we had my foreman went with me and we mechanically showed up at the meeting. And so we come into the trailer and it's packed with packed with people. And as soon as I walked in, it got really quiet. (laughs) <laughs> and across the room, the superintendent said, hey, who's the girl? And I, I went, hi, I'm Angie. I'm the project manager for Western Allied. He goes, I don't do girls in my trailer. Oh, and, nice. I, and, and, and in my mind, I was probably 23 years old. Yeah. And he, I thought he was 70 or 80. I mean, probably he was 50 or something, but I felt like he was an older, much older. And, yeah. he, and I said to him, well, but I'm the project manager. And he goes, no, your foreman can stay. You need to go. I don't do girls in my trailer. So, oh, wow. So yeah. What was your so, response back? 
Well, you know, at that time here, I, I don't want to cause an issue for my poor foreman the very first meeting. So I said, can you give me a minute? And I stepped outside with my foreman and asked him, could he please cover the meeting that I'll run this project and I'll show the guy that I can do the job, but I'm afraid I'm not going to attend this meeting because it's just not going to be worth the disruption. Uh-huh. But now try that now with me and the confidence I have now, that probably would be a different story. But yeah. you know, that, that things have changed in regards to women in the, in the field and in tech, in the construction, because Maybe maybe 15 years ago, we started doing sexual harassment training every two years for all of our foremen in California. We're required to do that mm. for anybody that manages people. And 15 years ago, when I did that, I would sit there in the in the one that we did with our field foreman, and I usually was the only woman besides the lady teaching it. And there was just a lot of jokes and a lot of you know it was very they thought this was a joke situation. Nowadays, we do that training now, and our guys they're all it's a different attitude, and it's a good thing because I think the attitude that a woman doesn't belong there has changed and maybe our company has a woman as our president slash now CEO so maybe that helps but overall I feel it in the field that it's not an exception anymore it's, it's okay to have women out there so yeah what do you think have been some of the the driving factors behind that mind shift um well I I, I think the biggest one and going forward that's going to change it the most is our millennials who get a really bad rap. I mean, I, I don't think they should get the bad rap. Our millennials. We're not are, all bad. <laughs> exactly. And my kids are millennials, right? So they, they're way more inclusive and they don't see race, creed, color, sex, like, like we baby boomers do. And so they don't care. As long as you do your job, the millennials are great. I mean, I, that's going to make a bigger change in the next 10 years. I feel that in all industries, it's going to be about what you do and, and not who you are or what you believe in or what color you are. So I, I do think that's a big part of it. Um, mm-hmm. I think, I think time has changed it. I think um, the movement, the women movement period in the last bunch of years of uh, women taking more responsibility. I mean, one of the things that construction is really, I mean, in particularly union construction, women get in the field, women get equal pay to the men in the field because we're union and they pay the same. Mm-hmm. And so it's one of the few industries where women actually make, almost a hundred percent equal to what men do. I think it's like 96% or something like that. Whereas most industries, women are 70% or 60% of what men make. Right. So it's, I, I would, I'm doing a lot with national SmackDown to kind of share the idea that we need to have more. I mean, we need more people in our workforce period for, for construction and 51% of the nation is women. And we only have 5% or so of women in our trades we have a lot of area of getting new people and getting great people. And I would love to share that. It's really is a good industry. And unfortunately construction's kind of gotten a, a dirty, you know, a dirty job type uh, uh, impression, but Mm -hmm. with technology nowadays, that what we're using technology in the field, it's become a less, much less of a physical job. It's not nearly the grunt work and the, in the mud and dirt as it was. Now you're working with technology, you're on the computer, you're using tools that are super cool. Um, you know, I mean, this just, it's, it's going to make it much more uh, approachable for women. Yeah. Yeah. I have a mini soapbox that, you know, I, I'm marketing is my background. So I approach it through a, a marketer's eyes and it seems that the construction industry has a marketing problem because they're not good at, uh, portraying the, the image that is really the reality that it is a cool space to be in. There's a lot of innovation. There's a lot of tech going on here and it's not the dirty, um, you know, blue collar field that it, people 
think of it as. And so construction needs to kind of step up and be able yeah. to tell their story better. And, and I think, I think that um, we all know that and we still, I think that's going to help though. Again, my, our millennials are going to help with that because they're going to be more accepting to the fact that uh, things change. I mean, change, mm-hmm. construction has always been a little slow to change. We haven't, uh, we've have, we don't change easily and we don't adopt easily because if it worked before, why is it, if we've done it that way for all the time and it's always worked, why do we need to change? Yeah. So us baby boomers need to accept change a little more. And I think we're going to get pushed on that. And I've always been a fan of change. I have a sticky here on my monitor that says routine is the greatest enemy of innovation. Be a troublemaker. And I well, like that, you know, it's a, it's a good comment, but, but you're right in that we do have the wrong perception and um, national smack. And one of the things we're trying to do to help, um, change that is we have a, a website called ignite your career and on that igniteyourcareer.com website that we show great all beautiful buildings and, and the jobs that you could be doing and we're trying to, to share that with high school counselors and middle schools and particularly high schools because you know not everybody's meant to go to college and I have people that have made amazing careers in the field and in the, in the trades and paid a lot of money and um, had never had to go to college never had any debt so yeah. it is something. And when we talk about needing more workforce, that's where I say we need to tap those that we haven't tapped typically. And women are a big part of that because it's kind of an untapped resource right there. So. Oh, for sure. So how do you think that we go about making the construction industry more appealing to women? Well, I think we need, um, I mean, one, word of mouth is huge because women talking to women is huge. And within the construction industry, women supporting women right now is also very big. And um, I, I helped start about six years ago, the women in construction leadership group for national SMACNA. And since okay. then we've started local women in construction leadership groups. And now our union has women, a women's leadership group as well. And so now our management and union le- women's leadership groups are getting there. So part of it in any position, but particularly in construction is for a woman to know that they can do this job, they kind of need to see another woman doing this job. Hmm. And the more we can get more women in the higher positions. Um, so even in the office, they, they typically say in a construction company, you have about 9% women. And that includes accounting and admin, right? So Interesting. Um, 9% is not a lot. In Western, at Western Allied, in our technical, in our engineering and our project management and um, project administrative side, the technical side, we're f- almost 40% women. And oh, wow. It's amazing. And, and we don't try for that. We try to hire the best available person, but we did have a woman become president in 2008. Uh, and then I transitioned to CEO just last year. Um, but that probably has a lot to do with it. Women can see women in leadership positions and say, Hey, I could do that too. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the schools, the schools are doing a great job with STEM. So they're getting, they're getting kids more interested in, in science and technology and math. But I really think we need to share um, with all people, not just women, but all people, how much technology is being used in the construction industry because these kids that are coming up now are born with a phone in their hand when they were born, right? This thing's in their hand. They know it. So they need to need, know that they not need to be just necessarily swinging a hammer or a drill or something. They're going to be using technology as well. Hey, MEP friends, looking for a competitive edge? MEP Force is the event for you. It has become the gathering place for industry leaders throughout MEP to come together and learn the new technology trends in prefabrication and more. The best part is that it's all industry led and driven, meaning real people from the trades will be leading the almost 80 breakout sessions. 
So you will be getting real life practical examples and use cases to take back and implement right away. This year, it's all virtual. So if you register now, you will have access to all the breakout sessions even after the official event is over. Go to mepforce.com to register today and use promo code BTG99 to get your ticket for only $99. That's an almost 80% discount. See you virtually at MEP Force. Well, what do you see as a, kind of a first step in vocalizing that message out to the industry and those outside the industry, frankly? Yeah, well, I mean, some of the things we're doing, like like Ignite Your Career, where we're putting in videos and, and tapes and trying to get them into middle schools and to high schools. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what we're finding, though, is it's not the kids in the high schools or the middle schools that are the problem. It's the parents and, and the counselors. Mm-hmm. So we need to, you know, we need to continue to let the counselors and the parents understand that this is a good opportunity. Now, student debt might help some of that. I mean, the fact that you don't want to achieve student debt, but it does show that people don't think of construction first because the average age of our apprentice right now, an apprentice coming into our system is 27 years old. Really? So they're now out of high school and they've roamed around and probably went to junior college and then maybe tried college or worked at the auto store or they worked at the restaurant. And then they finally said, well, now I'm going to try to get in the trades. So I'd love that to be like 20 you know, or yeah. 19 I mean, and they'd have a lot longer time in the industry. So yeah, we, we do, we as an industry need to do better. We're working on it. There's an awful lot of, um, there's also like, for example, in California, there's build California is a, mm-hmm. is a, a California sponsoring that site. And it's basically the same thing to show how great some of the, the possibility of careers in the industry in the construction industry. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think there should be a, you know, a targeted effort going towards the, the counselors. Cause you know, a lot of them are, are essentially kind of comped on how many people they get into college. And so why don't we make that how many are going into the trades too, as part of that component, like you said, college isn't for everybody and the trades is a great profession to be in. So we need to give them scoring points when they get them into the trades too, that needs to be equal to college. And that's, it is, that is very true because you'll get high schools that'll say 98% going to college. Well, can we call it, can we just say include the trades in there? If they go into a, a print, a, an apprenticeship program that should be mm-hmm. equivalent so they can advertise. I don't, I agree with yeah. you. We got to keep working on it. I, I had made the comment that I'm uh, busy, a little bit busy this year with national SmackDown and CEO Western Allied. And um, <laughs> next, next year I'm, uh, I'll be still busy for another year, but then when I'm planning to retire and, but then I, at that point I would love to go out and get into the schools more and take some of the time I have to help get the message around. Mm -hmm. Um, I just, I think that if they, if we were able to, I mean, we have no more shops, no more metal shops, no more wood shops. So it's the kids don't see these kind of things, but I think we could, if we could show them what, you know, have them walk through a 3d model of a, of a building. I mean, that's a cool walkthrough when you walk through that ball. And, and the guys are, my detailers detailed that they made that. So share that with them and say, this is what my guys made or have them walk at a job site with the, with the hollow lens on and, and, and check out the prints that are, that you're going to be putting in right here. And I mean, it's just it's a cool be blown experience. Away. Yeah. 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 So, uh, so shifting gears uh, to our, our current COVID disruption that's affecting all of us. Yeah. How do you think the mechanicals and the, all the trades for that matter, will need to shift their, their building practices in the face of, the aftermath of all this? Well, I think if anything, construction as an industry is probably more prepared 
um, and will handle this better than a lot of other industries, mainly because PPE, personal protection equipment, has been part of our industry forever. So we've always worn safety glasses. We've always worn hard hats. Um, so to now putting on, adding masks or adding goggles or and making sure we wear gloves, we've always worn gloves when we got in the field. So I do think our industry is adapting um, pretty well, um, particularly in the field. We, we in California, in the Bay Area, we were shut down pretty rapidly early on, March, March 16th. Um, we, we, very few job sites were going. Um, we were only if you were doing COVID work and we had like two job sites we had that they were doing COVID work. So we pretty much were shut down. I, and I had, um, we had sent our office home. People were working from home very effectively. So we quickly um, became uh, working remotely well. I mean, we actually were just transitioning to Microsoft Teams and boy, we jumped into that came Teams. came at a good time. <laughs> it, it was a great time. And I'm really impressed with that. We use it a lot, but um, but the field, I mean, sadly for me, we had a hundred and <clears throat> probably had 180 furloughed uh, union field people because we didn't have the jobs. So, mm -hmm. um, but when they allowed construction to come back, we came back with tennis shoes on, man. We have just been running. We are, because the jobs that were supposed to be done were behind. And then the new jobs that were going to be starting were already needed to get started. So right. um, we are fully going, but we set new protocols in place and it's all safety protocols and screening and PPE. And what do you wear when you're within six foot of somebody and um, it, it took some work on our part, and we had a lot of help from like SMACNA, for example, and other areas. But it's going pretty well at the field. I mean, every day you check in and you have a, and, and at, once you've been screened, you've got your band, and that happens here in the office. It also happens on the, in the field. Mm -hmm. show you've been screened, so people know that the people have been screened. But um, so I think the construction industry is helping. Now, in the offices, we're going to have to maybe make some changes to layouts and offices. We're not going to, some things are going to change. Sure. Uh, you know, I mean, people, luckily here, we were in individual cubes. It wasn't like we were at tables facing each other. Uh, yeah, I think we, this is the, the end of uh, the open office <laughs> concept that was so popular there for a while. <laughs> it, you know, it's funny. We do a lot of life sciences and biotech and their labs are where they focus. But in their offices, they the last five years have gone to these tables with just monitors sitting there. And yeah. and uh, I, I don't know what they're going to do now. I, we're going to have to probably go in and do a lot of retrofit there. So. Um, and, and I am just a block away from Facebook in their major headquarters. And I hear they're not coming back until at least the first of the year and maybe longer, longer than that. So, yeah, but, yeah, it's, uh, it's a so different world. That's for sure. <laughs> and, you yeah. know, who knows what the full ramifications are, are yeah. going to be and what's going to, what that aftermath really is looking like yet. I mean, we're yeah. still kind of yeah. in the middle of all this. Yeah. Well, I, and one of the things I worry a little bit about, um, we worked for years really hard on culture and um, culture has been important to us. We, we, um, we do a lot together. We've had, mm -hmm. we have our annual March madness ping pong tournament. We have cookout uh, cookouts and I mean, uh, cookoffs in November where we have a competition and we do birthday birthdays every month and just, and we have, we have a massage person who comes. I mean, we, nice. we do a lot to work on, on culture and, um, that it's hard to do that when you're not here and you're working remotely. And um, we have what we call our DNA and it's, it's dedicated to teamwork grounded in care and driven by innovation. And I think we've been really hard to keep all that, but teamwork and grounded in care, it's really hard to do. I can't 
you know, I can't hug anybody anymore. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So we're going to have to work on it. It's not the same. No, but so it isn't going to be a new world. We're going to have to work on that and see how, how we can adapt and um, support people and, and keep, yeah. out, keep people going. So for sure. Culture is a, a big uh, passion of, of mine of how to create a, a good teamwork and good vibe there. Um, and it definitely has thrown challenges. I think it's forced people to be more intentional though in the time that you do have. And it's, you, you're able to see the person maybe a little easier yep. in this circumstance because everybody's kind of going through this disruption and yeah. stress together. So when you ask somebody, hey, how are you doing? Yeah. It, it means a little bit more than just the throwaway line that it used to be. You, you know, the story there was about three or four weeks into this, um, uh, being on the president of the national board for SMACNA, I had said to my, to, to our, our, our CEO of SMACNA, I think we should have a virtual board meeting because I just, just not a board meeting, but just a board touch, you know, touching base. Mm-hmm. Cause we have people from all over the country and Canada. So there was probably 25 of us on the zoom, maybe more than that at that point, maybe 30 something. And I went around to each of them and asked them what was going on in their area and can they share some things. And it was really interesting one to look, to hear how different it was in different areas of the country. And in Canada as well, but sure. it also was really neat to everybody. But when we got done, everybody was like, "We need this so bad. We feel we've been feeling isolated. Mm-hmm. It's so great to talk to people and to share. I mean, and to share your concerns. And to, as a business owner, you know, we were all talking about like someone. One of them would say, "Well, what am I going to do? How can I keep people busy? And what can we? And we gave them some ideas. Like I, we currently are the most OSHA 30 trained online 30 trained people that we. My poor folks. We had those that were once we projects got shut down, the project managers at that point didn't have as much to do, but we were still paying them. So we suggested that we all become online with click safety to become OSHA 30 trained. Now I've done OSHA 10 online and that was really painful. I can't imagine OSHA 30. (laughs) (laughs) So, but, so, but what we did get most of our people to do OSHA 30. So we're very well trained at this point on safety. Nice. um, Yeah. So we tried to use the technology where we could. Yeah. So this next question may sound a little, weird in light of COVID, but what do you think are some of the positives that have actually come out of all this disruption for well, your firm? There, there are some. Uh, one would be, and I don't want to throw which departments they are, but we had a couple of departments within our company that just could not go paperless. They said they can't, they can't do it, they can't do it. And um, now they figured out how they could do it. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't have any choice. Trial by so, fire. <laughs> that's not a bad thing. And um, would also forced us to ramp up some of our technology so that we could figure out how to work remotely. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and I will say here, here I'm picking off on us baby boomers again, but us baby boomers were having a hard time understanding how people could be productive working remotely. And so we weren't really as willing to be quite as flexible. I would say we are okay. We already had two or three people that were working remotely that lived in different areas, but, but we still overall felt like you really can't do your job remotely. And maybe we're coming to the realization that to a certain degree, you can do your job remotely. And we want to bring people back for the culture, but we, we're saying, hey, a couple days a week, can you be here? But you could go ahead and work from home a few days a week as well. Mm-hmm. So, so there's a, there is some good there. And it's changed our technology enough that we, I think if anything, too, we're probably communicating more with our field, with our whole company by having go-to meetings more often and we can, they can see the president or the CEO and yeah. we, we've done a lot more. I mean, you can't communicate too much right now. So that might have been good too. Yeah. So, oh, for sure. Yeah. Uh, what about broadening it out for the industry? What kind of positives have you, you seen come out of this? 
Well, um, for the industry, I think, um, well, one of the things I will say for the industry, I've seen the industry gang together to come up with protocols, safety protocols to help each other. Um, they, the people have become more flexible in regards to that. Like for example, our union, sheet metal union here said um, that you could work two shifts, either shift could be straight, both shifts could be straight time. So if you had, you needed a crew of, of eight, then you could have four work the first shift and four work the second shift and they were gonna let us do those both at straight time. So that that second shift group could, could watch the kids that are having to stay at home in the morning and they mm -hmm. could work the later shift. And, and that was, I mean, a little more flexible. So showing that we could accommodate people's schedule. Um, and I also think that we are, it's helping our industry, pushing our construction industry who's slow to change into grasping technology and change a lot faster. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. That digital transformation that some were kind of holding at arm's length is, is getting a little bit closer to the it chest is. now. <laughs> yep. It threw us into that for sure. The Bridging the Gap podcast is brought to you by Applied Software. With solutions for the modern project, Applied Software is on a mission to transform industries by empowering clients and championing innovation with real-world expert consultants. Their comprehensive array of solutions for AEC, MEP, and manufacturing has a singular focus, helping you achieve higher performance. With software, training, support, consulting, and custom development, Applied Software has you covered. Visit asti.com and let them know we sent you. How are how's SmackNA coming uh, around and, and helping um, member firms and, and all that stuff? Yeah, you know, both us all, I mean, for me, I'm a member of both SmackNA and MCAA and uh -huh. both the mechanical contractors and the sheet metal contractors and both associations have absolutely been amazing with the amount of uh, communication they've had, both uh, particularly on the federal stimulus plans. I mean, the PPP loans that, many of us as small businesses that are called small businesses have gotten. Mm -hmm. um, that was, that was a very uh, laborious, hard to understand process and, and not and understanding how to apply for it. What, how do, what do we do? What about all the loopholes? Can we get it forgiven? I mean, both MCA and SMACNA have been amazing at giving us information. Um, I feel good that that helps because I'm a pretty big company and I struggled and I had, meetings with my CFO and my president were online trying to figure out how to fill the application out. Do we, you know, do we qualify, but small companies that, that had to been overwhelming. Mm -hmm. And, um, and then for example, the writing up protocols for safety and how do you deal with these issues? Um, been, you know, smack that put out a wonderful protocol in regards to that, that we, we could all share Cause many of us to come back on a job site, a general said, I need to know what your protocols are. And some people just didn't, didn't have, doesn't have a safety person working for them. We do, but, if you're a 20 person shop, you probably don't have an independent safety person. So um, I, I think being a member of an association right now as a contractor would be a huge score compared to those that are independent because we certainly got a lot of help. And I've been on calls every week with the, our lobbyist group um, and we already knew about what the next bill that's going to be passed and what might be passed in it. And we were giving them insight to like, could they extend it more than eight weeks because eight weeks is tough to get it all in. And, mm -hmm. and some of the stuff that we've asked for, it seems like it's managed to get to the next bill. So, nice. yeah. So I think that the associations have been huge, hugely a big help. And uh, I'm kudos to our associations, both of them, but the amount of webinars and uh, they, they jumped onto technology really quickly as well. Yeah. So. Webinars are a plenty in this day and age. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And I, I, you know, one of the first ones they put out was after about a month, it was a 
leading uh, through a stressful time. And I thought, you know, for us that are trying to lead through a, a stressful time, yeah. that's a great, great thing to have. So um, talking awesome. about how you lead with calmness because your people are panicked. And so it was a good, good webinar. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, so I'd love for you to kind of get your crystal ball out, if you will. And where do you see the, the future state of the industry looking out you know, one to three years? Well, so I'm kind of, we're kind of in a bubble in the Bay Area a little bit, and, but I do get insight to across the nation with my SmackDown board. Um, I do think next year is going to be tough a little bit in regards to the economy and, mm -hmm. and construction, because I do think that the... Um, the larger tech companies, particularly like the Googles and the Facebooks are going to relook at how they're going to do their work. And um, those that are in residential construction may be doing better because I think they're going to be building more residential offices and home offices. Um, but I mean, I'm a, I'm always a positive person. I mean, I still see, I still see a lot of backlog on our plate and I hear in the, the, a fair amount of, there's still a lot of bidding going on. So um, if we, hopefully we can come out of this and, and, slowly get out of this recession. But um, I also see that our industry is definitely moving a lot faster forward than I was expecting into technology and the way, and working remotely and utilizing that technology, um, being a little more open to it because basically we got thrown into it. So there are, there are positives to that. Um, yeah. And, and it is construction. We, we uh, construction's an up and down industry and, and we do kind of follow the economy. But um, if we continue to innovate, for, for us, we're, our primary technology, uh, primary uh, clients are life sciences and biotech. And I think those guys are going to be really busy over the next few years. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> trying to get vaccines and things like that. So, um, you know, I think, I think we still are going to be looking for manpower. I mean, we, we have had a workforce, a lack of workforce, and we're still going to be looking for that. So I'm still hoping that we can continue, even if things slow down, to continue to bring in people into the apprenticeship so that and we, we have an aging workforce. So uh, I think the stats are that in the next 10 years, 60% of our workforce is retiring. And that's yeah. a lot. So we need to continue to refill that in that workforce and, and use technology to maybe um, offset some of the fact that we have a lot of people retiring. So we maybe need less, a little bit less people with the, with new technologies. Um, a lot of prefab prefabrication and modulization is going to continue to grow, particularly because now you can put something together in a safer, more controlled environment. And that way it's everything's put together. Then it goes out to the field where it's a little less, it's more open and a little less safe and a little more less controlled. And then you put it up as quickly as possible. Mm -hmm. So I definitely think our industry is heading that way for sure. Uh, with the, the labor shortage that you brought up, do you think that this actually may in a roundabout way come about to, to help bridge some of that distance? Because with so many people being unemployed right now, do you th think some of them will come into the trades and start filling in those positions? You know, it, that's interesting. That's a good point because I'm also hearing about a fair amount of people um, that if they were close to getting ready to retire, they're saying, I'm going to retire because I don't, I'm not, don't feel safe. I'm of that, uh -huh. above that group that should be careful out there. So they're retiring. So we're losing those people even faster, but you're right. I mean, well, I've always said, so like I've said for women, I mean, you're going to make more money than being a waitress come into the industry. I mean, right yeah. now there's no waitresses working, right? So this is an opportunity. And I, and I do think we need to work with our apprenticeships to say, continue to open classes, let people come in and let them try it. It's a really good opportunity. We were, 
we had shut down our, not shut down, but we had quieted down our Ignite Your Career website because it was not sure that in the middle of this pandemic, it was a great thing to do. But we were talking about now's the time that everybody's coming back and that we actually don't, like we don't have many people in our hall right now. So it's, we have full employment. So you're right. It's a great opportunity for people, for us to, to say to people, hey, come look at another, another industry. I mean, I feel really, really bad for those that are in the restaurant industry, the oh, yeah. hosp- hospitality industry. Um, yeah, they've been wrecked. They're wrecked. I just, we were looking for somebody. I just spoke to somebody who their hotel shut down the day after we went shelter in place and he's been out of work since then. So, um, I mean, and he's, you know, I said to him, well, Hey, we have a spot. You want to come over and look? <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> nice. you're right though. That's an opportunity for us. Angie, you guys are, uh, uh, a partner with applied software and evolve MEP. wonder if you could give a few words about that. Oh, well, it's a big part of our, our job. I mean, using our, our design technology, our Revit, our BIM, and how we, and how we interface that with our equipment out in the shop is huge. I mean, it used to be that BIM was an exception or a special thing to do, and now it's expected. It's, it's a required on every job, and, um, and integration with that with our equipment is huge. And um, so we need a partner that helps us with our software because uh, to be able to make sure that we or can make that work. I mean, we, we would bring in new equipment. We're bring, actually, we're going to be involved with them shortly because we're bringing in new equipment. Uh, we just bought a new water jet and a new laser, and we're going to want to interface those with our software. And so I'm sure actually probably at the end of June, if they're hopefully we'll have somebody out here to help us with that. So nice. um, we have been a partner with them applied for a long time before they were even TSI. So um, pretty much a very solid partnership we've had. Yeah. Uh, so if, if you had to, you had a big, uh, you know, megaphone that you could go to the trades. Why is it a good time to be in the construction industry right now? Well, it is a, the construction industry is, well, like I said, it's very dynamic, but right now it's changing faster than ever. And like I said, it used to be a slow industry to change. It's also hugely opportunity. They've said that uh, when I said that we have 60% in the next 10 years that are retiring, we also need, if we took our entire workforce right now, we need 30% more people than we have now to do the jobs right. that we're doing. So all of a sudden you're realizing people are leaving and they have more work. There is so much opportunity for everybody. And so we are looking at technology to try to help us with make, being up, becoming more productive and, and, and limit, helping us with the people shortage. But in regards to the people, if you're interested in working hard and, and being in a very dynamic trade and seeing a building go up and have tons of opportunity and very well paid, it's a, it's a great opportunity. So I, yeah, we got to get that word out there. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, well, can you tell us more about your, Podcast, Western Ally, and SMACNA. You got a lot going on here, Angie. I do, I do. Well, um, with SMACNA, as National SMACNA, we have one called Let's Talk Shop. And basically, it's kind of contractor to contractor. I think we're probably in the session like 14 maybe now. Um, and, and we're not, I'd like to do more often, but you know, I also have a couple of real jobs too, but these um, podcasts it, take a lot of time. <laughs> they do, they do. But we, like we've taught, done a couple on COVID, but we have, we've done them on prefabrication. I've talked to a contractor that does a lot of uh, modularization and prefabrication. I actually did one from Australia when I was back in Australia at the Australian Mechanical Contractors Association. Nice. And uh, talked to them about it. I've talked to uh, a woman that owns a sheet metal shop and about, a, and her daughter's taking over. So that was kind of a cool one. Um, just a whole Very variety cool. of yeah. topics. Um, I love that. And um, 
we're in being very involved in that. It's been kind of fun. Now, the Smack in the Hat, um, normally as president, I would be traveling everywhere and visiting all the different uh, areas. Um, my, my presidency got a little derailed. Um, I had actually, um, I think I have $14,000 of credit on airlines because I had so much travel in March, April, May. Oh, wow. It <laughs> all got canceled. So That's I needed some days. That's an amount of travel. <laughs> yeah, it was a lot of travel. So, but, but right now I'm making sure that I take that travel time and using it to touch base with contractors and reaching out and, and, mm -hmm. and giving them answers. And we, we hit the uh, shelter in place earlier than most, so I was able to give them some insight as to what I was seeing before they did. Nice. Um, Western Allied, uh, I, I, I transitioned the CEO, uh, the president position at the end of last year to my part, young partner who's, who actually interned with me and he's been here, um, gosh, you would think probably 20 something years now. He's about 42, but I, awesome. I became CEO. Originally had intended to retire at the end of this year, but decided that I think maybe one more year would be helpful right now with what we're going through and, and heading into a recession. And as much as I hate to say it, but it's really a good experience for my young partners to go through this because the vast majority of them were the one that younger than Zach were not here in 2008 and they didn't mm -hmm. experience that. And I had, I took over presidency in 2008. So I've, I've now been through, uh, gotten to deal with all of them. So it's actually, it's a good experience for them to see how we adapt as a business and what we do to protect ourselves and how we get through a recession. And, and I also feel like my role with national smack can help with that too, because as I said, sharing and talking about issues is really huge and helping other contractors. I mean, it, we as an industry, we need to help each other because contractors need to survive to be able to continue with our industry. So, mm -hmm. um, and like I said, I, it, it's a very fun industry with a lot of great people, but if we got to work together to keep it going. So. For sure. Well, how uh, do people get in touch with you to find out any more information on what all you got going on? Well, um, I'm on LinkedIn uh, under Angie Simon or Angela Simon, I'm not sure which one, on LinkedIn. You can probably find me there. Um, uh, at Western Allied, I, I am, I, you can find our website, westernallied.com. And then SMACNA, I am on, uh, as the president of National SMACNA, you can find me there as well. Probably just Google me and you'll find me. At this point. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it, it is, uh, I definitely have been wearing a lot of hats. I also, like I said, I keep busy. Um, my husband and I have been, we'll be hitting our 30th year of marriage here next year. And oh, on, our on our honeymoon, we went to the Giants fantasy camp and played baseball. So it was me and 90 guys playing baseball on my honeymoon. So, nice. <laughs> and I have uh, two adult uh, boys. My younger one's graduating from Cal Poly in June. Uh -huh. And my older one just graduated this master's. Uh, unfortunately in sports journalism and uh he graduated in december and he was looking for a job and then the world shut down so yeah. yeah so he's gonna have to re recreate himself for a little while too i think so but uh overall overall pretty good i got a pretty good life here and and like you said when you've only been at one company for almost i'm hitting my 34th year here it's been you know that's all i've ever really known so well that's awesome yeah. thanks so much for taking the time to sit down and, and talk with us. Uh, I really have enjoyed the conversation. Great. Well, Todd, thank you so much for having me. I, I mean, always love to talk about construction because it's definitely a passion and um, it's a great future and I'd love to see more people get involved. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and thank you to all those listening. If you are interested in learning any more, you can visit our sponsors, Applied Software at ASTI.com for more information. You can listen to this podcast anytime by simply going to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out our website, bridgingthegappod.com. 
until next time, I'm Todd Wyant, thanking you for joining us on the Bridging the Gap podcast. Keep innovating. Thanks for listening to the Bridging the Gap podcast. Please spread the word by giving us a five-star review and sharing with your friends and coworkers. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out our other applied software podcast, the AEC Disruptors. Thanks for listening. Bridging the Gap is produced by Alyssa Chartier and edited by Eric Daniel. Bridging the Gap is an applied software production. Copyright Applied Software 2020.